Hi, I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're the Faithlift Sisters, and this semester we're taking a new look at the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And we're looking at how God is revealing and working His plan for man's salvation through these books of the Bible. We're following Dr. Chris Miller's class at Cedarville University, and we're excited that you're joining us in our discussion of his teaching. We can't wait to learn more of God's character and plan. Well, hello. Happy Faith Live Sisters Day. That's what I'm going to call it today. Um, Today, we're in Genesis 12 through 25, and we are missing Angie today, um, so it's just Terry and Rosemary and I, but we will try and keep things spiritual like Angie does. Oh yeah. And lovely. We'll we'll use the Angie voice. Yes. Hello, so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're awful. We we're like, we're not gonna we're not gonna be that sweet. We no. just aren't. We're we're a little rowdier. She keeps us balanced. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, talking about rowdies, we're talking about Abraham today. And um, Abraham was, he was messy. How about that? Yeah. Is that an okay way to describe Abraham? Kind of like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're going to talk through Genesis 12 through 25. And we told you all before that we are really buzzing through um, these books. So we kind of have it broken down by a couple chapters at a time. And we're just going to touch on those chapters as we go along. And um, we kind of have it subtitled, maybe. Is that a good way to say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember how we were talking about we're going to hit the main themes? Well, yeah. this is one person's life, but there's a whole bunch of different themes within that life. Yeah. So Rosemary titled... Um, Abraham's story for us, God's unconditional plan. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of sums it up. So mm-hmm. as you're reading, think through, or you're listening, think through like the plans that God has set in, in motion and laid out and the many ways that Abraham has stepped in and gone, yeah, I don't think so. But God still has been so faithful. And oh, so faithful. And if you are brand new to the Bible... We're going to start out calling him Abram, and then he's going to move to Abraham. This is the same man. So don't be too confused. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So first we're talking about Genesis 12 through 14, and we've subtitled this Abraham's Journey Begins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God tells him to get up. Leave your country, leave your people, your father's household, and get out of town. And I am going to make you a great nation, and you will be a blessing to all people. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that sounds great, but that also sounds a little bit like a heavy load to me. I have to be a blessing to the whole world, all people. That's that's a lot. Yeah, this seems too like where Dr. Miller was talking about, this is where that promise again comes in, land, nation, blessing. And so we see that repeated again from when he was with Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. repeated back in here, that same theme. Let's clarify nation in this context real quick. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because nation doesn't mean like the good old U.S. of A. or old Canada or God village. save the Queen. Mm. <laughs> or village, or mm. villages of America. Right. <laughs> the villages <laughs> of America. <laughs> the the nation that God is talking about here is like the, the number of people and descendants and how that is going to move forward. And yes, there will be actual like tribes and people of nations but ultimately like when he says you're going to be a great nation there's going to be lots of you mm-hmm. yeah is, do you think it, when he says nation is he talking about the nation of israel yes okay and terry's nodding too and the descendants yeah yes I mean, but I, but there's not this nationalism at that point like right. we have in mind here correct Right. Yep. Right. The 12 tribes come in in the future chapters. Yes. Would be a way to say that. Yeah. So when God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. And he's talking to, he is talking about Israel, but he's not, he like Abraham doesn't have this like country in mind. Right. He like never even saw it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's important wait. to remember. So wait a minute. Think about that. You have this giant promise. I will make you a nation, and and what you were just saying, Terry, right? Mm-hmm. That's really it's so outside of what you can even conceive. How do you believe that? Right. You know, I kind of get where Abraham is. It's like, all right, let's pack up the donkeys and the camels, let's get moving. But I could see where there would be some doubt in there. You know. But he does leave immediately. I mean, he gets it together and off he goes. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, it's kind of like this is what God has just told him is kind of the foundation of Abraham's life. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the very starting point. This is the foundation. I will make you a nation and I will make you a blessing. It's a promise that God gave him as he sends him out on his journey mm-hmm. that he holds, holds to God holds to and Abraham leans on. It's, it's interesting to me. It's like, God, again, is speaking that word of his promise and his story. His story is being spoken once again mm-hmm. over someone. Right. Um, and then Abraham is responding and living the story out through his life as he does those. So, and, and just as I'm saying that, kind of a caveat, but not, or just a different way of doing it, when we become believers, we're speaking, I believe in Jesus Christ, and we speak it out um, with our lips, you know, reflecting what's in our heart. And then we live it out in our lives as we move. And yeah, it can be messy, but as we do that, it's not conditional on whether we're good or not. It's all conditional on the goodness of God. Mm-hmm going to see that truth being played out in a yes, good old Abe's life over yes. and over and yes. over. Yes. Yeah. Because so Abraham leaves, right? Like God mm-hmm. says, take your stuff and go. And Abraham takes his stuff and his wife and his nephew. And um, then we get into Genesis 15 through 18 and mm-hmm. a little bit of 19. So if you're going chronologically, mm-hmm. um, we're subtitling this section Abraham's trouble because Abraham is he, yes, he trusted God to, to walk 
and to leave and to take this step out. But, but, <laughs> but that's the big one, the but. Mm. Um, he goes along and then they get to this new land and he's like, you're not, you're, I don't have any kids. Look, God, mm-hmm. look what you, look what you said I was going to, you were going to do, but I don't have any kids. I just have Eliezer over there in the tent. <laughs> yeah. I guess my slave is going to have to be my. Yeah. Heir. My heir. Yeah. But I love the way God responds in, in like this strong, like count the stars. Mm-hmm. That's how many you'll have. He doesn't back down and go, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll just give you 50. God doesn't change the plan, doesn't change anything based on Abram's faith. Right. Because mm-hmm. God has his own plan, his own story that will be lived out through Abraham. Right. And mm-hmm. so he says, count the stars, you'll have that many. And by the way, this doesn't depend on you, Abraham. This will solely depend on me. And that's where you have the lantern, um, the oil lamp, and the torch moving through the split animals. Was it the heifer, the ram, and the female goat? He split them in two. And then Abram was sleepy, kind of went to sleep. But in in that sleep, he saw only the torch and the oil lamp pass through. It's like more of an incense lamp, I guess. Because that's how they sealed agreements and covenants and um, promises back then. Um, And God had Abraham fall asleep so that God could show it's me. It's all me. This is unconditional. It's from me. I think they call it a royal... I've forgotten what it's called, a royal vow or a royal promise or something. Oh, yeah, we talked about That's, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, a while ago. But it's only dependent on God. So God walked through and he made his covenant with Abraham. It had nothing to do with Abraham at all. Mm-hmm. Except Which, that he needed to follow, you know, along. Yeah, and that is that is such a huge thing because just a couple, um, like a couple chapters before this where God you know, where Abraham's like, or I'm sorry, Abram, he's still Abram. Abram is like, what am I going to do? You know, you've, you've moved me and now I don't have any kids and pouty pouty slave is going to be my heir. Well, his wealth has grown exponentially since he left because he did Sarah dirty, his wife, they were moving and they got to a land and, um, he said, you are so beautiful. These people are going to um, take you as their own and they're going to kill me because you're so beautiful and they, they're going to want you for your own, for their own. So just say I'm your brother. And then, um, I I'll tell them you're my sister and then they'll treat me well. Mm -hmm. And so they do. And then the King's like, what the heck, man? Why, why did you do this? Like there's Mm -hmm. all these issues that you brought onto my home. Why did you do this? Take your wife and take all the things that you have gathered in this time that she's been with me and go away. And very importantly, it wasn't Abram that changed that game. It was God who changed that game by giving the king a dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Abimelech. Well, yeah. this one isn't even Abimelech. Oh, not yet. there yet. I flipped We're the not page there. Fast. This is this is the first time that Abram t- which we're spoiling things for you. But this is the first time that Abram says to Sarah Go tell them that you're my sister. So mm-hmm. anyway, and then God spares her because anyway, because there's all these like plagues on the castle and the people. And then the king is like, uh, this is a direct re- response to her being in my house. So take her. 
And then after all of that, God still sees that Abram is going to mess up, but he's going to use him. Like we mess up and he still uses us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we know that Abram has um, had this covenant with God, that actually God has made this covenant with Abram and said, I'm going to, like, you are going to be the blessing. This is where it's going to come from. And then um, he, in order to kind of assure him of the promises, he changes Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah. So now it's Abraham and Sarah. But then they're still old and they're getting older and they don't have any children. And they're like, what are we going to do? We can't have any children. Oh, well, God said it's going to come through you. So um, what should we do since that's not happening? Hey, I have an idea. I'll give you my handmaiden. Sleep with her. I'll get a son that way. Mm -hmm. Abraham's like, no, okay. Uh, oh abraham you know what okay i'm going to back up just slightly because it's like um ernie and i we had infertility and it's like for um our oldest was born on our seventh wedding anniversary and it was like i had so much distress so much trying to figure it out i really believed god wanted me to be a mom right um, I don't know that that was the promise for me, for Sarah, it was that she would have a child and she had that promise from God, but it's like, I must be doing something wrong. That's what I keep thinking. So standing on God's promises and looking back to what he said and just saying, okay, it's going to be true regardless, regardless of how this looks, God will fulfill his promises. Um, I get the looking around for other ways and trying to make something happen. Sure. It made sense. And back then, it's not only, um, it was a disgrace mm, not yeah. to have children and especially not to um, give your son, your, give, give your husband an, a son as an heir. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Ab Abram has a lot of good stuff. He's a rich man, really. And, um, and, and she wants to give him an heir. And it's just, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to, it, well, it's disgraceful for her mm -hmm. in their eyes not to have any children. And, and it feels desperate to me. And I think a lot of us get in those situations in general in our lives. Like, I know God wants this for me. I know this is what's going on for me. Honestly, I don't know if God wanted me to have children. I assumed he did, right? I didn't have that promise that he had through Sarah. Sarah and Abraham had, right? But it's like, it should be right. I, I guess I just, I really have a lot of compassion when I slowed down and saw this piece of it. How God has this big plan. It's unconditional from our side. He's the one who's going to make it happen. Instead of standing on God and who he is and resting in God and who he is, all this distress kept happening because it wasn't happening the way I thought it should. And the mistake was, the way I thought it should, mm -hmm. right? When I look back, God's timing was absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. But I didn't know And that. you're a great mom and you got a couple of great kids. Ah, thanks. <laughs> it's fun. Um, but here's one thing that I thought of. 
um, or I read, whatever. The promise was given to Abraham, Mm -hmm. Abram, not directly to Sarai yet. That's a good point, too. That's true. And and so maybe, you know, maybe she thought, well, you know, God knows. Maybe it is Abraham, you know, but, but maybe it's not me. And that's, you know, where she goes down that road with those thoughts um, until finally, until God does say, no, it will be between you and Sarah, Sarai. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but she hadn't, I don't think she claimed that promise as her own, only as Abraham. Yeah, that is a good point. I just, I have, of course, the privilege of looking back on the, on the history of it, right? And I can right. sit in my nice comfy chair um, in my air-conditioned house and pass judgment, um, which I'm, I should not do. But like thinking back, I can think like, what would I have done? What would I do? And thinking about how it's so incredibly clear that God is like moving all of these things and Abraham just keeps stepping in it. And God just keeps clearing the way and stepping in it and clearing the way and stepping in it and clearing the way. (laughs) You're right. I I don't. Sometimes we're so in the thick of things that we can't see things. And like I said, this is a very privileged view that I have to look back on it. But I just think, Abraham, like, what were you thinking? Like, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you know that God has you with Sarah. It was only you who left together because you were to become a great nation. Like, did you think you were just going to pick some people up along the way and be like, oh, I'll have a kid with you. Oh, I'll have a kid with you. Oh, I'll have a kid with you. Like, that's not how God laid it out. No, Mm -hmm. but in that culture, once again, that wasn't unusual. But he was stepping out of the usual. I think that's where I get hung up is like, no, that was the culturally that wasn't unusual. Right. But. He was, God called him out of the ordinary. God called him to leave what he had known. God yeah. called him to leave and start anew. Yeah. Yep. I, so I just keep thinking, great. I do this stuff all the time. Step in it, step in it, step mm-hmm. in it. It's like, God, I know you have a plan. I know you have a plan and it's good because mm-hmm. I know who you are. Once again, in this series, this is like, who is God telling us who he is? Mm-hmm. He's telling us he's a man with a plan. He's not a man. He's a God with a plan. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, yeah. But it's like he has a plan. He has the ability to carry it out. What we need to do is stay connected to him, mm-hmm. you know, as we're doing that. So I'm thinking, you know, Abram had an opportunity instead of, uh, and Sarai too, instead of having Hagar come in, who was the slave. Um, they could have said, God, I'm not getting this plan. I don't get it, you know, and get asking for reassurance again. And then God would say, count the stars. Then God would say, count the dust, the sand, you know, they will be that numerous. God, I can't see it. And then God would give that reassurance. I understand it's too hard for you to see it now. Mm-hmm. You know, God was doing this miracle outside of the normal years of childbirth. He probably had to wait for all of that to happen. Right. They pass so that God, this would be that miracle. And it was truly of God that would build Abram's faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so God has this perfect timing for us. And you know what? My ways are not his ways. I have no clue. I'm like, just lucky to be playing in the game today. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yeah. And um, so as we look at all these little details of that life, it's like we see God reassuring over and over again. Yeah, but there's this promise. 
Mm -hmm. as telling us who he is. He's telling you, I'm a man of my word. I'm someone you can rest in. I'm someone you can trust in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think God will ever get impatient. When you say, I don't see a God, he'll go, "Mm -hmm, come on back. We'll talk some more. Because I think the more you know God, the more you can trust him. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, in many ways, Abraham did trust, but in some of the practical ways he didn't. Like the fact that he takes on Hagar, who is Sarah's handmaid. So he outcomes Ishmael. Ishmael is the baby. Ishmael is the baby. Ishmael is not the promised baby. Right. Ishmael is like, he's there and God is faithful to him to provide for him. And through him, the world is changed also, but not in the ways that God has promised Abraham it would be changed. Yeah, the world is changed. (laughs) Definitely. So we have Isaac, we have Abraham who has a child with Hagar, who is the servant, and that brings forth Ishmael. And then Sarah does have, well, then some men come and they say to Sarah, in one year, we're coming back here and you're going to have a baby. And she's like, I'm too old. Now you're going to tell me that? I don't think so. So Abraham and Sarah, this is uh, trouble part two. This is Abimelech. (laughs) (laughs) This is Abimelech. So they move around again a little bit. And once again, we find that Abraham says to Sarah, you're too beautiful. They're going to kill me so that they can have you. Just say you're my sister. And she goes, okay. Right. (laughs) Knowing that there is going to be a baby from God within a year. Yeah. Like, I'll just go be someone else's husband. It's fine. Yeah. And I think this is where I lose my patience with people. Like, God came to you. God said to you, like, God sent people directly to you. And you're like, I'll be somebody else's wife. Abraham's like, eh, just tell him you're my sister. Ew. Not good. Ew. Well, thankfully, God was watching out for them and for um, the seed. Yeah. You know, the promise that... um, of Abraham's seed that would continue the line that would lead us to Jesus. So God has to protect that again. And, um, and he, he makes all of the household women barren. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it, it's like, you know, I think that's funny. Like how long was they there? How long was no she idea. in the harem to, to notice that all of the women were no longer bearing children? Or getting pregnant, I should say. I mean, I know it doesn't tell us, but it made me think we're, they must have been there quite a while. It wasn't like a week. Well, except that, I mean, they go back and Sarah has a baby. So that's... Couldn't have been more than three, two months. Oh, yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. Yeah. Hmm. The Bible is so soap opera-y. If you've never read the Bible, for real, crack open your Bible because there is some stuff in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Maury Povich all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking speaking of which, Sarah, 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 at this point, yes. gets angry at um, Ishmael because he was taunting Isaac. Mm-hmm. And she had Hagar and Ishmael sent to the wilderness. No, wait, we haven't had Ish- we haven't had Isaac yet. 
oh, I thought that was the seed we were talking about. That is the seed. Oh, but... we've protected the seed that's coming, but we haven't. Okay. Yes. Sarah so, has a baby. <laughs> so Abimelech kicks them all out and then again mm-hmm. says, take all your treasures, take everything that you've gathered and go because y'all are making a mess of things. Yes. So, and Abram says, well, I didn't really lie completely. It reminds right. me of the serpent right here. It was so she weird. She really is my sister. She's my half-sister. My, you know, my father's uh, other wife. Which is like, okay, is he kind of a liar or is he just kind of creepy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Things were different back then, but at the same time, it was like, oh. <laughs> but again, yeah. like God looked you in the face and said, this is what I'm going to do for you. And he's like, ah. Yeah. I mean, she's still kind of my wife, kind of my sister. Like, ew. Yeah. yeah. So can we just get on to they had Isaac? Yes. Thank yes, you. we can. <laughs> Here comes the seed. <laughs> we'll just kind of go over all that. Um, and 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 then that is when Sarah Sarah is um, angry because she sees Ishmael mm-hmm. mocking Isaac. Mm-hmm. So she has Hagar and Isaac sent out to the wilderness. Um, which Abraham Abraham gives them some water, a skin of water, and they go out into the wilderness, where, quite frankly, where it looks like they're on death's door. It's so sad mm-hmm. that she wants to put him over there so that he won't see her die. Maybe that she won't have to see him die. I'm sorry. That mm-hmm. little dyslexic piece. So either way, it's pretty desperate. And yeah. God, God fills the water. And he provides for them. And again, God's telling us who he is. Mm-hmm. Even in this, he was an innocent baby. Mm-hmm. Ishmael had no part of this. And um, God provides for him many nations mm-hmm. for Ishmael. And he, God says to Abraham, like, I will protect, I will protect him and I will make him into nations. Yeah. So this uh, is he's... not my plan. This was not my plan, but I am going to work my plan through this. Mm-hmm. So then Isaac grows up and he's probably, uh, how old do you think he was at the time when God said, you need to sacrifice your son? Uh, They say maybe like 17, uh, an older teenager. So Mm -hmm. not not a little kid that didn't know what was going on. He's been around all these years watching the sacrifices year after year. I'm sure participating in them now at his age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, um, you, who wants to tell the story? Do you guys want to tell the story of the Abraham, um, by faith, here's God say that you need to sacrifice my son. And so Abraham and his servants and Isaac, um, prepare and get ready. And they walk for three days. Remember the three days, um, they walk, Isaac is carrying the wood on his back, which is what Christ did, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaac, he prepared the altar. Isaac helped with the altar and with his dad and everything like that. And um, was he laid, He was laid down on the altar as a sacrifice, um, really showing a lot of the things that Jesus had. And you know, I when I, I saw it this time, it's so interesting. You can read the Bible over and over and get different aspects. Um, but I, I'm going to finish telling the story. Then 
a ram that God, God says, no, and don't do that as Isaac goes to, I'm sorry, as Abraham goes to lift the knife for Isaac and, um, he sees a ram in the bushes and instead God provided that ram for him. And it's like, I think my, I would have deserved that being that sacrifice. And yet God provided Jesus Christ instead for the sacrifice. And, um, just really tender as I read this one this time. There's something about this in the context of his whole story, how God continues to provide and continues to tell the same story over and over again. And Abraham was willing to do it. It was credited credited to him as if he had done it, mm-hmm. as yeah. he would have done it, because he had his faith in God and God's promise again, going back to that promise. You will be a great nation. I will make of you a great nation. And they, he was told that Isaac was the promised one. Mm-hmm. And so he believed God that even it says, I think in Hebrews, maybe back there, that he believed that even if he did continue through and sacrifice him, God would bring him back from the dead and return him to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, he falters in a lot of areas, but his faith is so strong, you know, under it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Well, he says um, in 22.5, he says, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Like, yeah. they're like, what are you guys doing? Where are you going? And he says, we will worship and we will come back to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And using we. Yes. And then I, he didn't say, and then I'll come back to you. He said, right. We. And I love, love, love in Genesis 22, God says, take your son, your only son whom you love Mm. and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. Um, But God refers to Isaac. I mean, you want to talk about foreshadowing. He he even calls him my, your only son whom you love. And he calls Jesus my only son whom I love, my only son. Um, we, were ta- we were talking about this, you know, with a group of ladies and they were saying, I would sacrifice myself for my children. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I would too. But I don't know that I would push one of my kids out to be sacrificed with a horrific death so the other one could live. I'm right. not sure that I, I could do that. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. Yeah. Well, there is the, kind of to tie everything up here. Um, Abraham makes a giant mess of many things. Yeah. Just like we all do. Um, and while our stakes may not be quite as high in the perspective of history, we don't know what mistakes we are making that are going to affect the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is just so redemptive and so unconditional in his promise with Abraham that he's like, we're going to figure it out. It's all going to be okay. And and that that kind of talks about like the themes that we're looking at this. Who is God telling us who he is? And why does it matter? And why who does it cares? matter? Well, <laughs> knowing all this, how would how does this change how you operate in your life? Mm-hmm. There's so many times I'm gonna go, God, this is not the plan. I know this is not the plan, right? And it's like, nope, this is part of the plan. Keep moving. Keep yeah. your head up. You know what? You can rest in me. You can trust me. And then if I can't rest in him, then I need to know more of him. I need mm-hmm. to know him more, be in his word. And this is and a you know few... Oh, go ahead, Terry. No, you go ahead, Suzanne. 
I was just going to say, this is a beautiful example of how we don't have to have it all together before we come to God. Because That's a good point. It's never going to happen. And even the guy who was set out to make great nations and bless the entire world messed it up over and over again. And he never saw it fulfilled. He had to buy a plot of land for Sarah. And mm-hmm. he was a foreigner in a foreign land. He did not see this fulfilled, and yet he stayed faithful. Mm-hmm. So we, again, like you're saying, we don't know how we've messed up, but how we've done good things. We won't even see that. Okay, I'll be with God at that point, so I, I don't care. But it's like, we may not even be seeing the good that we might be doing, but mm-hmm. we want to keep doing it. Yep. Faithfully following him. Terry, what was your thought? I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It obviously wasn't that important. Well, one thing, though, that did also pop into my mind is that um, Abraham was called a friend of God. Yeah. And that is like, oh, um, when, in the videos by Dr. Miller, one of the things he says is, if that's not on your tombstone, a friend of God, if that's not your life goal, you're missing it. Mm. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, I want to be called a friend of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the relationship you have to put in into a relationship. You don't just go up to someone you meet and say, oh, you're my best friend. No, you don't even know them. Right. But you get to know them. You build a relationship and that's how you get to be friends. And so although um, Abraham did, like you say, step in it and mess up so many times so badly, God still calls him his friend. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that, Terry. Yeah. Will you, um, I think that's a great way for us to kind of wind things up today. Will you pray for us? Lord, we just thank you so much that you have seen fit to give us your word that through your the writings of the Bible, we can learn who you are and we can learn your attributes. We can see how you um, come after us, how you pull us back to you time after time, how you try to lead us in the way if we'll just follow behind as we should. And so we're, um, again, just grateful for your word, Lord, that you don't leave us dangling out there to try to figure things out for ourselves, but you lay out um, a good part of the plan, not all of the plan for our lives, but you lay out steps for us to take. And sometimes it's one step and sometimes it's several steps at a time, but um, help us, Lord, to see your plan laid out for us as you want our lives to go and help us to follow along on that plan and on that path. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 From your best friend, the Faith Lifts. Oh. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> <laughs>